A good and beautiful morning to all of you. Thank you for joining us today for Breaking Open the Word. I'm Father Ron Hoy, and our gospel today is the 16th chapter of Matthew. And it goes like this. When the disciples reached the others... <laughs> no, that's verse 5. Sorry. <laughs> 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Good answer. <laughs> a plus. Get a star, Peter. <laughs> yeah, what a great gospel. And I love that opening line where Jesus asks, you know, his disciples, who do people say that I am? What are people saying about me? <laughs> and I had to chuckle because in my mind, I imagine like if Jesus were with us physically with us today, that he'd be all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram posting and reading comments that people wrote on his social wall. You know, what are people saying about me? Oh, I can't believe she said that. Peter, come here, look at this. She thinks my walking on the water was no big deal. Oh, really? Yeah, well, what can you do? Open a beer bottle with your teeth? <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> That's why I would not have made a good Jesus. But actually, friends, I don't think actually if Jesus were with us physically today that he would be on social in that way. I mean, he would, I believe, absolutely believe that he would be on Facebook and all this stuff to proclaim and share his message, of course. But the comments and the posts, what are people saying about me? I don't think so. Because... It's not important to him. He really doesn't care what people think. But he does care what you think. Those closest to him in relationship, he cares about. What do you think? How, how are we? And in this gospel, we heard that. Jesus inviting Peter, as he invites all of us, into that deeper relationship with him. To reflect upon, you know, and, and to, to think about the place that Jesus has in your life. Because however you see Jesus in your life, will influence the way you live your life. Right? I mean, that makes sense. So if Jesus is, is a companion along your way, 
Well, then he makes you feel good, um, but probably doesn't call you to any radical change. You know, if, if Jesus is the, is the judge watching, um, then you're probably aware of his presence and everything, but you're also probably acting out of fear or concern of judgment. Right? I mean, but if Jesus like for Peter, is your Messiah, then that will include the cross. That will include letting go of certain ways of living and acting that are sinful and destructive. If Jesus in your life is Lord, then it means he is first, and you are a distant second or third. Right? So how we see and understand Jesus and relate to him will influence the way we live our lives. And Jesus didn't come to be your friend. He came to be your Savior. So, if Jesus asked you the same question he asked Peter today. What would you say if Jesus asked you, who do you say that I am in your life? What's your response? One of the things I like to do periodically when I'm on retreat or, or in a longer prayer is I use this question for reflection. Who do you say that I am? But I turn it around. So I imagine Jesus shadowing my life for, you know, a typical week. You know, so if I'm on retreat or in prayer, I'll kind of look back over the week. And I'll imagine Jesus walking with me and shadowing everything that I was about that week unbeknownst to me, not knowing. You know, Jesus was reading my online posts, eavesdropping on my conversations with friends. He was there watching what websites I watch and videos I watch. He was reading my texts that I was doing, you know, seeing my reaction when someone ticks me off. He was watching to see if I kept his day holy, observing he was the things that I put in my mouth and how I treat my body or his natural world, and on and on. And then, after a week or so, someone asked Jesus, who are you in Father Ron's life, do you think? Based on what you saw and heard and watched, over the week. Who do you think you are, Jesus, in Ron's life? Acquaintance or companion? Someone he thinks about now and then? Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a humbling exercise of prayer. <laughs> and personally speaking, the reason I go on retreat every year the reason I spend time in prayer with God every day 
and come before him in the Eucharist is because I'm not always comfortable with the answer that Jesus might give when asked the question, who do you think you are in Father Ron's life based on what you've seen? So, but then my question is, how did Peter get it so spot on, you know, in this gospel? He doesn't mince any words. Boom, you are the Lord, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Wow. (laughs) How does he get that so fast, so quickly, without thinking? And you know how? I'm reminded of Justin's reflection on our God Minute prayer from just this past Monday where he encouraged us to, he says, make more space for God in your life. And I love that idea. Just make more space for him. To to open up further our hearts and our busy schedules to let Jesus expand within us. That's how. That's what Peter did. And I was reminded of that again last night at evening prayer with my brother priest. And the reading from St. Paul said, uh, May the Lord increase in you and make you overflow with love for one another. (laughs) that a beautiful reading? May the Lord increase in you. So great. Yeah. So how do we let that happened, Jesus increased and expand within us. You know how? By giving him space to do so. And we're reminded that that's true, that of that truth, like so many other truths, in our natural world. You know, like many of you, probably this spring, way back, a few months back, I went to Home Depot, and I got some geraniums and flowers, you know, those little uh, smallish starter flowers, um, and to beautify the, the little porch that I have off my room, you know, so that it's fragrant when I walk out. I can smell them and the colors to welcome the summer. <laughs> I love spring. And um, so when I went to the Home Depot, they were all rather small at that point, of course, uh, since it's the beginning of the season, but with time and sun and water and fertilizer and a little love and green thumbs, they grow into big, bushy, full works of art on my porch. I couldn't wait. But they didn't. (laughs) They didn't at all. I mean, they grew a little bit, but not much. And it was rather disappointing I gave them more fertilizer to encourage growth, but still nothing. (laughs) And to put salt in the wound, (laughs) get this, looking over to the other side of our house, our house where we live, one of my brother priests on his little porch had flowers, and they were big and beautiful and full, (laughs) putting mine to shame. (laughs) So in the middle of the night, I went over and I poisoned them. 
<laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to, but <laughs> but I asked him, my brother priest, um, if he'd take a look at mine and help me understand why his plants and flowers so beautiful and mine so anemic. So he knew right away when he stepped onto my porch, my pots that held all the flowers and plants were too small. He told me that I needed to repot them into larger vessels with potting soil so the roots can grow and expand. Bigger pots, bigger flowers, he told me. I did, and sure enough, within a week or so, I could see the difference. Make more space for him. If you want Jesus to move from friend or companion in your life to Lord and God and fill your life, give him more room and time to do so. And the more that happens, the deeper our awareness and the closer we become to him, right? And the closer you are to him as Lord, the harder it will be to indulge in sinful attitudes and behavior. The closer you are to him as Messiah, the more gratitude and peace will fill your heart. The closer to him you are as Savior, the easier it will be to trust and to surrender into his hands what you cannot control. But for all of that to happen, as my little starter flowers found out, we have to be uprooted, lifted from our complacency and routines that we've fallen into that can keep us stagnant and just getting by. So, friends, ask yourself, as I'm asking myself, <laughs> that's not a word I know, but what is one change that you can choose to make more space for him in your life? What, what disruption can you make in your life to let his word and spirit expand within you? What can you commit yourself to? Maybe uh, one day a mass going, one day a week going to daily mass. Maybe it's recommitting to keep his day Sunday holy. Or maybe, you know, um, join our book club here at the God Minute and incorporate spiritual reading into your day. Spend time with his mother praying the rosary. Lauren has some beautiful pray-along rosaries in our pantry. Maybe 30 minutes before him in adoration. Oh, that's an awesome way, just once a week, to just sit before him. Volunteering. Or, or, as some of you have shared with me already, 
Sitting with Scripture in Prayer with our Listener Reflection series that we began this past week, and then writing a short reflection to share with all of us. I've gotten a lot of emails from people who have done that, who have uh, submitted those, and said it's been a wonderful way to just make space and listen to him. The information on our listener reflection series is on our app blog and our website, by the way. But anyway, friends, it doesn't matter how or where you make more space. It's just that every little bit can make a difference. So that when Jesus asks you that question, who do you say that I am? you'll be able to respond like all those gorgeous blooming flowers on my porch with something truly beautiful and amazing. (sighs) Amen to that. Thank you so much for joining me today for Breaking Open the Word. Go in God's blessing and peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.